Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Seminary. This podcast is a variety of audio resources from around Southeastern. To learn more about Southeastern, visit scbts.edu. Wow, so honored to be here. Honestly, it's such a privilege and honor. Um, and to be here, thank you, Southeastern, for hosting us for three years. And, and it's so, we are so happy to be back. We feel like we are back home, and Betsy and I, we talked about um, the years that we have spent here and also uh, to see the seminary flourishing and many of you uh, as well being equipped in order to go. A couple of things that you must know about me as well, about myself, uh, and I think that we should initiate having an honest conversation. Uh, the first thing is that I don't speak English. I speak broken English, which means that you may pray God, it depends on what view you have on the spiritual gift, but you may pray God that God either gives you the gift of interpretation of broken English, or he gives you, or he give me the gift of speaking in your language. So if you are cessationist, well, then you may pray that God speak to you through the word as well, straight. But uh, that's one thing about myself. Uh, we, are bro- we are living in a broken world. So broken English, broken world, you know. Um, but also, I'm from the Dominican Republic, and I love baseball. And as a good representative of my country, the Dominican Republic, I enjoy, I really enjoy good baseball. Now that I live in America and coming from a third world country, Every time I go to a baseball game, I feel like I'm, I am in a live TV. You know, it's like every single aspect of the game amazes me. Uh, things that are pretty normal for the majority of uh, the, most of the people, they are really incredible to me. And things uh, like moments that, uh, in one of the game, I, I, I've been in a couple games in Texas, and I had the uh, privilege to be one of the World Series games last season. Um, between the Astros and, and Phillips, and in a 4th of July game as well. And something that really caught my attention was um, to see multitude, the thousands of people singing God Bless America. I remember witnessing a multitude of, on a Texas Rangers game on the 4th of July, and thousands of people singing this hymn. And I was wondering, oh, do, do these people understand the meanings of the words that they are singing? Uh, are they singing to their God, their own God? Do they understand the meaning of blessing? Are they singing to, they understand it as, as, as protection or financial prosperity or health? Are they meaning what they sing? Or it's only a moment when people um, go through the motions without even, even thinking of they are singing. So I learned, being in, the, in, in, in America, that also some churches singing this hymn during the 4th of July. But I think, and today, this is my, my purpose, I think that as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, we know that God has revealed himself and his intention to bless not only America, which is fine, but all the nations of the world. And there is a song, a specific song that um, we see in this, in this, we're going to see in this morning, a specific song where we particularly see the psalmist 
asking God to bless all the nations. In fact, this psalm is anonymous, so we don't know who wrote it. But we see the desire and prayer that he expressed, that in the same way that God has blessed his nation, all the nation on earth may be blessed. It is called a missionary psalm, and, and this psalm should be the son and desire of every citizen of the kingdom of heaven for God to bless all the nation of earth. So let's read together Psalm 16, 67. Open your Bible, turn on your Bible, and Psalm 67 says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God, and let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And as I mentioned, once you read these psalms, you notice the psalmist turns his prayer into a song. So that the nations may know the only God who blesses, the God who saves, who is the judge, who's righteous, he's a shepherd, who has blessed Israel already. But also, when he expresses in this word, he has in mind not just his nation, but all the nations of, on earth. So the purpose with this time together, with this sermon, is to help us to see the ways that God blesses the nations and to embrace our mission, which is to proclaim how God blesses all nations on earth. As a seminary professor says, that preaching is like reminding people what they know already, but they don't do. And I hope that today, that you are immersed in a study and you are equipped in order to go to the nations. It, it just transform your view about the nation and the lost. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to see three things. I'm going to uh, cover three aspects of these psalms in the ways that show the ways that God blesses the nations. God blesses the nations when we proclaim the salvation of God. God also blesses the nations when we proclaim the judgment of God. And God bless the nations, blesses the nations when we also proclaim the blessing of God. Let's read together verse 1 and 3. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, and he paused, Selah. He reflects on this truth, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let all the peoples praise you. So the first aspect I see in this portion is that when we proclaim the salvation of God, when people know the power, the saving power of God, the nations then are going to be blessed. And the psalmist begins with a prayers and petition for God to extend mercy to others. They have tests already 
the blessing of God. They have tested the salvation. They have been saved by this power, almighty, powerful, almighty God. So now they, he also sees how this blessing may, may cover all the nations. And the way he sees the blessing is by God opening their eyes so that they can see the Savior and the salvation. And he adds a pause. And I want to do it as well. I want want to invite you to pause and to think the way God blessed you when he saved you. Because when we understand that, then our hearts can be committed, fully committed to the great commission and to the mission that we have in front of us. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. The psalmist, as many Americans do when they sing, God bless America, the psalmist says a prayer on behalf of the whole nations. But also he has in mind other nations. Therefore he prays so the nation can proclaim the Savior and the salvation that God offers so people from all nations, all all tribes may join to the family of God may become a worshipers of him. And now you can see the connection and the purpose. And the purpose of salvation for us is to praise God, to worship God. The purpose of getting to know God's salvation, his plan is to save. And the way that takes us to the Father, so everyone adores and worships the God that saved us. But I want to invite you to take a, a closer look to the psalm's request. I was wondering why the psalmist prayed this prayer. What did he know that we should remember when we proclaim God's salvation? I think there's many things that the psalmist knew that we must remember in order to proclaim the salvation of God. First, the nations are lost. They are in darkness. And they're going to an eternal condemnation. That's why he prays, may God be gracious and bless other nations as well. Second, he knew, and we must remember too, that only God saves. There's only one way to be saved. But he knows that God can extend mercy and grace. He knows that only God can shine upon us and upon us. So that we can see our needs for salvation and our needs for, for, for a Savior. When it, all of us, when we were in darkness, we just were living the life. But with the light, when He shined, when He shone upon us, then we understood, oh, I'm in darkness and I need a Savior. And we ran forward the, Him. Therefore, the true blessings come to the nations where God extend grace and mercy upon the nations. Third, he also knew, and we must remember, that we can only be saved if we know the way and his plan of salvation. Read in verse 2, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. There is a way. There is just one way. You know the way. I know the way. But the nations, the nation also, they need to know the way. The, the true blessing comes when God reveals his ways, he, his only way to the nations. When people 
from every tribe can see it. And finally, both the praise that comes from our lips and the worship that is manifested throughout our lives come from knowing that God who saves. And then we can worship. And that's what we worship. And every time we gather, we worship because we know that God saved us. Think for a moment. Many of your families, you come from different backgrounds. You have family. You know people from different nations. By the way, there's some people from different nations and tribe here. But let's remember that it was the original plan. It was the plan from the beginning. In Genesis 18, God said to Abraham that all the nation of earth shall be blessed in him. So the psalmist knew that the salvation was not just for Israel, but for all the nations. And one of the many blessings that I have serving as a, and planting a Hispanic church is seeing how God has faithfully fulfilled his promise to save people from all around the world. And we have more than 21 nations worshiping God as a family, different cultures, traditions, um, uh, gastronomy. By the way, many people in America think that everybody eats tacos. No. Dominicans, we don't have tacos in the DR. We have Dominican food. Everybody thinks in America that you, Spanish is equivalent to Mexican. I love baseball. I told you, I was coaching one of my son here in Wake Forest. And I remember one of the team players asking, because he saw me speaking in Spanish to my son. So he came to me and said, Coach, can you teach me Mexican? <laughs> you mean Spanish. <laughs> so it's beautiful to see people from different nations. Even they speak the same language. They have different traditions, different cultures. Gather every Sunday to worship the God who saved us. It's a such a blessing to see the psalmist's request come through. The plan has been the same. And the way that history ends, it's the same. People of every tongue, tribe, and nation praising the Lord forever, forever. Are you proclaiming the salvation of God? It's not your priority. I'm not, uh, is that your mission today? Not tomorrow when you finish your time in seminary, but today? Do you feel the weight? Do you feel the responsibility for proclaiming salvation of God to all nations, to the lost? Are you compelled to share the good news of the gospel to the people that have a different culture, tradition, color, skin, behavior than you? Are you considering that what you are studying here is to shape you in order to be sharp, proclaiming the Savior and the salvation? Brothers and sisters, this is our calling. To pray in the same way the psalmist prayed, but also to proclaim the God salvation, the God's salvation among the nations. So God blesses the nation when we proclaim the salvation of God, but also when we proclaim the judgment of God. Read verse 4 and 5. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nation upon earth. Let peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
The psalmist continues to encourage the nation to rejoice and be glad on the basis of God's righteousness. And only the nations and only the peoples that know the ways of salvation and the Savior will rejoice and be glad when they get to know the righteous God. It seems contradictory to speak about judgment and to speak about joy in the same time. It seems a contradiction. Because every time you see a judge or a trial, there is always a verdict. Because the people who are judged or are going to be judged will come out with a verdict of guilty or innocent. So again, so many questions to ask to this test. Who will judge? How he will judge? Whom he will judge? I think it's clear in the text. I'm, I'm not trying to be an expert. I'm just trying to read comprehensively. God will judge all the nations, all nations, peoples from every tribe, tribe. Psalms 9, 7, 8, the psalmist also said in Psalms 9, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judged the people with uprightness. The psalmist present God as a judge because he's the one who will judge the nation. Who will he judge? Verse 4, he will judge the peoples. You, I, your family, and people from every tribe, tongue will be judged. He will judge how he will judge with equity. It says with equity. It means upright, with a, with a level place. He's a righteous God. Therefore, therefore, he judge all people on earth with justice. He will just all nations. No one is exempt from he, this judgment. By the way, Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 says that everybody will be before the throne and the death were judged by what's written in the book according to why, what they had done. I don't know if you have been in a trial, but everyone who goes to a trial always, always feels nervous. Even if you are innocent, there is always this fear of what if the judge made a mistake? What is that wrong? And is, is wrong the benedict, the final benedict? By the way, in Latin America, I don't know if you know, but you never know what the final benedict may be. Because judges oftentimes receive bribes to favor the guilty. Brothers, the good news is this, that our judge is not like that. The only way to put together the word joy and judgment together is when you know the judge, you know the character, when you, you trust this judge, moreover, when you know what the final benedict is. This judge has a name, isn't him? He has a name. His name is Jesus Christ, who will judge the nation. Look how Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, he, in, in, in 33, he used the same lingo, the same words, when he says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Remember Psalms 9, 7, and 8? 
Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will prepare people. For, he will separate people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep in his rights. This is his people. The people that he, that they will rejoice in this judgment. The people that will rejoice in this judge. He will separate his sheep on his right. His right. But the goats on the left. And then the king, because the judge also is the king. The king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. For you from the foundation of the world. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous, those who are going to rejoice with the judge and the judgment, the righteous into eternal life. Brother, we need to proclaim the judgment as well. God wants the people from every nation to rejoice and to be glad in the righteous God. Because the God, who's the king, who's the judge, the psalmist says that also is a shepherd. Look what he says. And guide the nations upon earth. Do you see that the judge is also the king? He's a shepherd. The, the, the judge is Jesus Christ, the shepherd of the nations. Is the judge of the nations. And this is a good news for his people. And his people will worship forever. Because the judge, the king, and the shepherd saved them. When you know God's perfect justice, the people who have known him will end up praising him. So there is a judge. And there is a judgment. And only those who have known the way, the Savior, the salvation, will rejoice to see God judging the nations. But whoever does not know him will regret it forever. He will judge with equity. He will judge by works. Some by their own works. Others by the work of Christ. Some will be declared righteous by the work of Christ, and others will be condemned eternally for not having trusted in the work of the salvation of Jesus Christ. This is a serious verdict, brothers and sisters. What do you feel when you hear that? How do you feel when you see a lost person? Do you feel compassion? Do you feel indifference? How do you feel when you see a lost person? Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. We can be immersed in studies, and we can forget our commission. We can miss the mission. Because every time we see a lost people and we ignore them, basically, we are saying, I don't care, you're going to hell. Actually, my mom says that to me. When you don't share the gospel with a neighbor, basically you are saying, I don't care, you spend your eternity on hell. My mom is a natural evangelist. In one occasion, my mother asked me to go with her with a funeral friend that passed away. 
So I decided to go with her. I didn't know the lady that passed away, but the fact that my mom knew it but was important for me. Uh, just to give you a little bit of context, in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, the capital, uh, the, the funeral buildings, it, they have a small chapels, one next to another. And they have a big idol with people mangling. And you know Santo Domingo, you know everybody. So you can, even though you are in, in one funeral and two, other, two chapel lay forward, you will see another funeral. Probably you will know someone from the same city. So I was in the morning in this funeral, and we were listening to the pastor. He was preaching the gospel faithfully. Uh, and, and, and I was there. I was paying attention. Uh, but when he finished, I noticed that my mom left the building. I mean, left the, the, the chapel. So I was, where's my mom? I came with my mom, and I don't know the people here. So I thought, maybe she's out, and she's just chatting with someone else. I went out. I left the building, uh, the, the chapel. And I was started to walk through the other chapels, and I noticed that she was speaking in another chapel. And I was, what? So I just got closer to it. I just opened the door. I seated in the final row. And she was boldly sharing the gospel. When she finished, she said, let's go, Moses. And I said, Mom, I didn't know you. you it, were we in the wrong funeral? Or this is the funeral? Do you know these people? And he said, she said, no, I don't know these people. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there was a Catholic priest ending a mass. And I asked for an opportunity. And they gave me the opportunity. And I shared the gospel. She's bold, but she feels the weight of the lost. There was, a, there was a priest, Catholic, promoting false hope to people. And she felt the weight, and she doesn't care people at all. She's a, such a character. She just asked for an opportunity. You can do that in funeral in the DR. And they give it, they don't have like a program that first, you know, that you can ask, can I speak? And people think, oh, maybe someone that, and she just, Brought the gospel. Brother and sister, God blesses the nations when we proclaim the salvation of God, but also when we proclaim the judgment of God. People need to know their eternal condemnation if they don't follow the way. And finally, God blesses the nation when we proclaim the blessing of God. Read verse 6 and 7. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And the, the psalmist, now he noticed the result of making God known as a savior, as a judge among the nation. People will fear him. But also, God promised to bring material blessing for the people of Israel, but also spiritual blessing. Brother, I don't have time to go through all the details, but the most important blessings, blessing are not the material blessing that the people of Israel received. The most important blessing is God himself. The psalmist declared, God, our God, this transcendent God, creator of the heaven and earth, now he's our God. He's a personal God. And we must proclaim the blessing of God. It's God himself, the name of the one who really can bless us. 
Augustine said, following regarding this portion, when God blesses us, we grow. And when we bless the Lord, we grow. Both work in our advantage. Because at the end, it's him the most and the ultimate blessing. God himself is the ultimate blessing. And brothers and sisters, we know that the psalmist prayer finds its answer in the person of Jesus Christ, don't we? When we know that God has blessed us and he blessed us by giving us his son, Jesus Christ. So next time you sing God bless America, remember that the only ultimate way to bless America or every other nation is knowing the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 that reminds us that our blessings are found in the person of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And I don't have time. I wish I could to go through the blessings that Ephesians 1 says and mention. Whoever, however, however, we are called to proclaim the greatest blessing that every human being will be able to hear. The proclamation of the work of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Because the greatest need that people of all nations have is the need of salvation. Are you compelled by this mission? Are you compelled by, by the lost need? Or do you turn your face to the other side? with apathy. Brothers, I don't have much time. If you were in first evening, I may take another 20 minutes. But I have a limited time. Let me wrap up with this illustration. There was a vet, you know, animal dogs. The word is very complex for me to pronounce, but a vet. Take the short version of vet, whatever. There is a vet that he was driving home from work and he saw a mangy dog. He saw this dog around the corner of his house and he stopped the car to see the condition of the animal. He stopped it and he noticed that this dog was full of sores, wounds, bad smell, skinny, very bad smell. And it was very obvious that the dog was very sick. The vet knew that this was, wasn't a street dog, and he moved by the need in compassion and took him in his shoulder and drove the dog home with him. He cleaned the dog's womb. He gave him a treatment that he need, the dog needed. He fed the dog short terms. After a couple months, the dog was completely different. His, his hair grew back, and he was a beautiful dog. Now, it was the bad dog. He was loved and curbed by him. Many people ask the doctor, can you sell this dog? You have so many dogs. You can, you can get a pretty dog that, like this. He said, no, this is a special dog. One day, the vet, the doctor left the door open by mistake and found out that his dog was gone. The doctor was confused. He was sad. He started looking on the neighborhood but couldn't find him. The doctor said, what a ungrateful dog. Most of the time, dogs are grateful. They are faithful. 
But he thought that he lost him until one night he heard a scratch. He woke up, he ran downstairs and opened the front door, and there he was, his dog. But next to him, he saw five mangy, stinky dogs in the similar condition that he was found. Brothers and sisters, we were in worse condition, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, when we were dead in our sins and trespassing, he made us alive together with Christ. We were worst. We were lost. We were in darkness. And now, of course, we can praise God together with the people of God, with people from every tribe and nation, but also, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people lost. There's a lot of people that need to know about the God who's safe, that need to know about the God who judge, that need to know about this shepherd who guides them to green pastures. And we are called, brothers and sisters, you have heard this before, we are called to go and bring them to the shepherd who can take them to life and move them from darkness to eternal life. It's our missions. It's not optional. So don't consider to become a proclaimer of God's salvation when you finish your studies. Don't think that you need more preparation. You can begin now. The people you know, the family you know, the friend you know, the neighbor you have, you can begin now proclaiming the blessing of God who's found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's our mission to be our prayer. And let's fulfill the mission we are called to. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the reminder. We know about this, and we pray that you help us to obey it. I pray that you move our affections towards the lost. I pray that you help us to see the spiritual condition of the lost, of the lost people. And you move our affections so we can be sharp and bold to share the gospel. Shape us. Encourage us. And help us to be obedient. Thank you, Lord, for this seminary, for the faculty, for the president, and every single, for the trustees, every single person who is working towards this mission to proclaim the good news all around the globe. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Consider giving to Southeastern Seminary online or visiting us for a preview day. For information on how to give or sign up for a preview day, visit scbts.edu.